All right, welcome in to another episode of the Dynasty Gambit. We are back, back to a three-man band. We were a two-man band last week, and finally back to all three of us. So let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, kick it over to Jay. Uh, welcome back. I hope you had a great vacation. Maybe tell people, uh, you know, how good of a time you had this past week. Man, oh man, I did. Like I, like I was just telling y'all before we came on. If if I could move somewhere, get a one way ticket, and never have never come back, that would probably be the spot. I mean, honestly, <laughs> absolutely gorgeous. The people are there are phenomenal. Uh, Turks and Caicos outdid themselves as far as you know their hospitality. You know, just you know, and you think about it, it there's they they speak English there too, so it's you know there's no language barrier. Nicest people you will ever meet. I mean, it's oh. <laughs> absolutely wonderful beautiful would go back in a heartbeat but since i can't go back i brought some home oh there you go <laughs> some of the best rum in the world that that i've had so awesome awesome trip i got a little bit of uh i got a little bit of suntan man it was like 80 degrees was like the coldest it got yeah you know, it was absolutely wonderful 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 trip thank you guys for holding it down for me uh Sorry, I missed it. I, in fact, I'm actually I'm, I'm happy I missed it because I didn't get to sit there and brag about my Buccaneers <laughs> and then watch that horrifying Thursday night football that's been happening every Thursday night, and they brought it back. Yeah, and uh, it's not looking much better for tonight's episode either. But there's going to be offense tonight. Offense. Yeah, tonight. yeah, maybe some one-sided offense, but it'll be offense for sure. So let's go ahead and uh, kick it down to Brian there. So back again this week. How you doing today, sir? I'm good, Devin. Just uh, kind of, kind of. I guess I'm just kind of living in Jay's moment in regards to his trip and all that good stuff. And wishing I was there, but we did pretty okay last week. We just learned to talk more and listen less. So it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't a bad thing. Yeah, just, you know, even more Bears talk, unfortunately, for everyone else. Is, you know, I like to ramble on about the Bears. But uh, so we are back this week. I think, you know, traditionally we like to dive into the game, diagnose it a little bit first, and hit it back at the tail end of the episode. Tonight, it's no question, this episode, uh, this game, I should say, is not great. Uh, there's a lot of just key names already been ruled out. Um, it's going to be probably a pretty one-sided affair. If it's not, it's going to shock the world. Um, but we're not going to spend as much time on the game tonight. We're going to go ahead and dive into it right now. But, you know, it's no secret. It was the, last, it was the trade deadline last week. Uh, lots of injuries have happened. Um, it was probably the most um, – the biggest probably trade deadline day, I would say, probably in NFL history. Uh, I, think I saw there was 10 trades, which is the most uh, by far. Yeah, I think it was definitely the, the most trades on a trade deadline. But it was tied for the second most trades in a one-day span. And I, I want to say that was like a 93-94. And they didn't say it, but it's I want to say that was draft day of 93-94 is when mm -hmm. they had that many trades in a, in a one-day span as they did on Tuesday. Man, and they yeah. just kept coming. They just I kept know. coming. Big names here and there. Yeah, I mean, it was phenomenal day on Tuesday. I know I didn't get much work done. But I was watching Twitter yeah. very, you know, I was on Twitter a lot on Tuesday. And I tell you, somebody else who didn't get no work done with Scott Fish. He was constantly <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There's So there's going to be a lot to cover there. So let's, uh, you know, let's get this dumpster fire of a game out of the way here real quick. 
Uh, let's just hit on some news and notes. We've already seen some people that have been ruled out. Nico Collins is out. Brandon Cooks is out for the Texans. Um, that's more of a personal issue. Seems like he's pretty upset that he was not traded on that trade deadline. Um, so it seems like he's just a healthy scratch. He's taking himself out of the game from my understanding of it. Um, and then on the Eagles side, I think the biggest one is just Jordan Davis. Um, defensive tackles are rookie. Um, he's out. I think it's an ankle injury. Should be back um, in what? Week 13, I think is what it was, if I remember correctly. Um, so, yeah. So let's just uh, let's kick it down to Brian. Um, what's your thoughts on tonight's game? You got any highlights besides the fact that Houston's probably going to get trounced? No, I mean, def- definitely looking for a trouncing, but. Uh... I don't know. I mean, got to keep in keep in mind we're in week nine. There are six teams on by, which is really important. And I'm assuming. I mean, yes, it's going to be one sided. But my my hope and my goal is that somehow miraculously the Texans stay within two to three scores throughout the game and keep keep the Eagles play, players in play. And also eventually, I mean, they, you know, the only name you can really play on on the on the Texans is going to be Damian Pierce. In small in shallower leagues, but at the same time, I expect coming from behind Davis Mills to throw a ton of passes. Somebody's got to catch him. So a couple of guys I would look at are Bre- Brevin Jordan, and also I would look at Philip Dorsett. So that's my thoughts on the game. Yeah, I was pretty shocked actually. Not trying to be funny, not joking around. I literally didn't know Philip Dorsett was still in the league until last week. So that was a shock to me then. But, yeah, I think uh, he's probably in line for some decent work. We might finally get this Brevin Jordan breakout game that we've been waiting for for a year and a half now. So, you know, injuries and stuff have played into that a little bit too. But he should, I would think, see a decent amount of targets. So, uh, Yeah, outside of Brandon Cooks leading the team last week, uh, Dorsett did have five targets and Jordan had four. So now you got to figure Cooks' targets have to go somewhere. And the best two choices, except for the possibility of Rex Burkhead and Damian Pierce out of the backfield, would be those two guys. Right. Yep. So, Jay, let's get it over to you. Uh, real quick. Um, so, Brandon Cooks, uh, it's really confusing to me. Um, he wanted to be traded, but I also saw where it looked like he, you know, I guess he got um, in his new contract that he just signed. Um, he's got a veto power, you know, uh, uh, no trade clause or whatever, and he's got to prove the trade. He declined to trade. So I don't know where he wanted them to go or whatnot. Um, I do know that his contract is not, is not suitable for them to just cut him. Um, yeah, it's fully guaranteed for next year. Yeah. I mean, that's like a $26 million hit next year. So it's, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not uh, pretty, pretty in Houston. Um, I, you know, I'm with I'm with uh, I'm with the thought that it it could be a Brevin Jordan game. You know, this de- this Eagles defense is very 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 good on the outside. They are susceptible to that that seam pass from the tight end, but that also means that that O line has to hold up a little bit. Give Davis Mills, you know, two seconds. You know, this one and a half second where he's got to think about it. He can't process everything. He's still I mean, he's still fairly you know young. So this guy's. They're going to have to hold up on that offensive line. If they don't, this is going to be 1 million to zero by halftime. And you may as well go ahead and not start any Eagles because if that's the case, they're not playing after the first quarter. Right. Yeah. This, uh, this game has the ability to probably get out of hand pretty quick. 
Uh, it's kind of like you said, it could be a million to zero by halftime. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. So, you know, with that being said, I think that's kind of the reason, you know, you got your main starters here for the Eagles. There's no secret as to who those are. You're going to start your studs. Um, but like Jay said, you might want to be a little wary of it because they might play just the first half. They might not play the second half, you know. You know, saying that, you know, of course, if you've got AJB, if you've got Hurts, you're playing those right. games. Exactly. The thought here to me, though, is, you know, uh, Devontae Smith. He's not been he's not been in an integral part every single week. Yeah, he's very he's boomer bust. Yep. This might be the week that you might want to play him, but then this also might be the week like dude is on the end of the bench. Right. You know, depending on how you're looking at it. And it could go either way. It, you just got to take a gut feeling on it. I just I don't know that I can trust, you know, I think in one league I have to start him. Um you know, just because because of the six uh, six teams on by, which by the way, this is one of two weeks where we have six teams on by. Yeah, week fourteen is coming too. You know, <laughs> there's six teams on by there, so just keep that in the back of your mind as you're looking at some of these waiver claims and and all that. So, yeah, it should, it should be uh, it's going to be Thursday night football all over again. Yeah, we think we uh, we've had like a handful of good games, one or two on the season, and then the rest have been basically like this where. If you're considering a handful, one or two, then I, you know you got some small ass hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, with that being said, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna move past this game. We'll we'll hit some other details, give our win loss for tonight, give some prop bets later on, like we usually do. But there's just really no sense in spending the majority of the episode talking about that when we've had an electric week in the NFL. So, uh, with that being said, you know, let's just go ahead and. Go go into um, some of the big trades that we had this week. So I can, you know, I'll take the, the lead on this one just because my team was very active. Um, so the Chicago Bears, they traded Roquan Smith um, for a second and a fourth. Um, sorry, second and a fifth, I apologize. Um, which I'm pretty okay with. I mean, it was, if he wasn't going to re-sign, we tried to re-sign him multiple times. Obviously, he's a great player. I think he's going to do a lot better in the Ravens system than what he was doing in our current system. But, you know, they tried to get a deal done, just wasn't working out. Um, so I like that mindset. I've always said that I don't understand why GMs, if you know a player is not staying, kind of similar to how we did with Allen Robinson, why you don't trade him away and get something out of him. So for these guys like that, for Roquan, who, you know, maybe wouldn't stay, you had the opportunity to franchise tag him, but probably wasn't in your long-term plans, get what you can out of him. So they ended up making that trade with the Ravens, which I think the Ravens win that trade. But they end up using another uh, one of our, our own second-round pick to get Chase Claypool, which I'm very excited about. And, Brian, I know you probably have something to say about this as well come, since you're a Steelers fan. Um, but I think this you know has a pretty big impact, just this trade, because you're going to have Claypool now on the Bears. This week he's probably not going to be very involved. He's still got to learn the playbook. It was a short week for him to come in. Uh, he just got there yesterday, actually. So I don't think he's going to be on the field, you know, 90% of the snaps or anything like that. But I think it does really open up things on the Steelers for Pickens. You know, he was already playing on the outside, but now, you know, he's not going to get all these targets from Claypool. So, Brian, I'll go ahead and kick it down to you since uh, you have a little more invested in this just like I do. So what are your thoughts on this Claypool trade? I honestly think the trade was a win-win, for, for definitely for both teams. Um, I kind of feel I kind of feel a little bit like the the second round pick is kind of a 
kind of a lofty pick to me. For uh, Claypool is really talented, but I think a second round pick is pretty high. And yeah. you know, to, uh, currently that would be a top a top half of the second half of the of the second round. So I think with the 2023 draft being a pretty good draft, that Pittsburgh did okay with it. Plus, it gives another it gives another weapon for 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 the Bears. So I think in general, Justin Fields is a winner. But I think Steelers were a winner as well. And yeah. then this year, I mean, we're pretty much giving up on the season. We're two and six. Um, I wish Calvin Austin wasn't hurt because he's out for the season now. He would have been great getting an opportunity to get his feet wet. But we're going to have to go to Steven Sims since Calvin Austin's out. But that being said, there'll be just more targets for Deontay and also Pickens. So, you know, give give the rookies an opportunity to grow together and go from there. Yeah, you know, before I kick it over here to Jay, I just will say that was part of the deal that I was dampered my excitement a little bit because when it first got reported, it just said a second. So I was under the impression, oh, it's probably the Ravens second. You know, why would we give up our second when it's looking like you said, a top 10 to 15 pick um, in the second round? So I was a little discouraged by that, but if he works out, then it doesn't matter what you ended up giving him. You know what I mean? So um, if you look at the free agent class that's coming up for wide receivers, definitely makes a lot of sense as to why he was able to pony up a second and just not even have to deal with that and overpay someone. Um, so yeah, not a great free agent class. I think that played into this, but, uh, Jay, what's, uh, what's your thoughts on the Claypool trade? Yeah, I, I don't mind it. Um, uh, as much I, I think it does uh like you guys have said i think it does help pickens out because i think deontay deontay's still gonna you know take the the coverage i think for the most part at least for the rest of the year and picking and pickets have had that connection already i also think it's going to help out fire um as far as, as, far as getting targets um maybe maybe it helps out Najee a little bit in the receiving game i you know he's just not he's just not running like he used like he has been for the you know for the last year or so or even when he was in alabama um but on the bears side of things i think it helps out um the i i, I don't know that it helps out mooney as much but i think it helps out commit a little bit more and i know it helps out fields giving him another weapon now that being said you gave up a second round pick which is probably going to be at I know y'all are saying top end of the second round or, you know, first part of the second round, but let's put it in perspective. It's probably going to be a top 40 pick overall. You know, when you look at it that way, that's a hefty, hefty price to pay for a guy that was probably, I think he was drafted in what the third round. He late, was actually a second round pick late second. Okay. So they actually paid up on him, but I think they had to, to be quite honest, because I think the Packers were in on this as well. And they offered a second because I think if, if the Bears would have said, I'll give you the Raven second that we just got for Roquan and the Packers weren't in it, I think the deal would have still got done. Yeah. But I think I think because the Packers were in it, you know, the Bears said, OK, well, we'll give you a second. We know for sure it's going to be ahead of that pick that the, that the Packers can give you. And of course, I mean, who's not for the same player? You're going to give you're going to you're going to take the, the sooner pick no matter what what kind of draft you're looking at, you know. So, right. Um, yeah, I don't mind the trade. And I think, like I said, it's going to help. I think it's going to help all parties. I think it's a very fair trade. It's like a dynasty trade that we would trade and want right. to make sure that we're not, you know, you're not trying to screw somebody over. And I don't think they got screwed over is a little higher than what I thought, but, or what, right. what I think was fair, but I think it's overall, it's damn good trade. Damn good trade. Yeah. And like, you know, like I said, no one really remembers trades from their, what do you spend on them when it works out? So if it works out, that second's not going to matter, but like you said, if, it does seem 
if Claypool goes the rest of the year, 250 yards, whatever, two touchdowns, but comes in next year and goes for a thousand yeah. and five touchdowns, who cares what they spent on him? He's, exactly. he's worth it. Exactly. The other key is going to be restructuring his contract, I, I assume, because he, he'll he be uh, off his rookie contract at the end of next year. So I'm assuming you'll have to rework, y'all will have to rework the trade, work yeah, well, the contract, they keep him long term. They $100 million to spend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not going to be hard. <laughs> right. We got, we got money to spend. I think that's probably what they wanted to do as well was give them as much time with Justin Fields, see what they can do and see if he is part of the long-term future. You know, at least we have him for a year and a half, but if he does work out, then they're probably going to give him long-term extension, which I'm thinking they're going to do anyway. But uh, the funny thing about this, and then before we move on to the next one is, sorry, I got to get all my bears talking, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, we passed on Pickens multiple times in the second round. Had we have done that, we're not making this trade. And then yeah. if you go back even three years ago or two years ago when Claypool was drafted, we took Cole Komet over Chase Claypool. So it's just been a lot of bad drafting of the Bears, which we're not, you know, I don't I don't hate the Komet pick, but you know, when when you're talking, when you're trading for these guys that are all involved, it's like, had you had just made a slight adjustment here, drafted this guy or this guy, you're not doing this today. But I'm still happy with it. We'll see what the future holds for that one. So um Brian. I'm going to kick it down to you. What's a uh, what's a trade that you saw this past week that you want to highlight? That's a tough question. I, I'll be honest with you. Tuesday was a very busy day, but I guess uh, one, one trade I would want to look at is Kadarius Tony. Y'all, I think y'all are probably more informed than me, but uh, I definitely want, want to look at that trade. Yeah, and, you know, I think that's – it sounds like, you know, I was actually listening to a podcast that Travis Kelsey was on, and um, – He's very excited about it. He says the guy has just been a beast in practice, which obviously you're not going to dog anyone as soon as they join your team. But, you know, I mean, when he was coming out, he was almost compared to Tyreek Hill in some aspects, just getting the ball in his hand and he's a playmaker. You know, so, I mean, it kind of fills that void, uh, seemingly on paper at least, that Tyreek Hill uh, left in this offseason. So, I, you know, I'm not sure how much he's going to play this particular weekend. Um, he was able, you know, he was traded earlier last week. Um, so he had the bye week to study a little bit. Um, but still it's kind of hard to integrate someone that quickly into their offense. So Jay, uh, what's your thoughts on the uh, Tony trade there to Kansas City? Well, you know, I watched Tony for whatever it was, three or four years in college down here at Florida and loved him as a player. I thought, I thought, you know, he's gonna do something in the NFL. You know, I thought he could fit that Debo role, uh, you know. Slash, you know, going back a few years, Brian, you know this guy, Cordell Stewart, kind of without the quarterback side of things. You know, he could run it out of the backfield. He can run routes, you know, that kind of good stuff. Here's the funny thing for me on this trade is Kadarius Tony has had had hamstring injuries, you know, knee issues, ankle issues for the last two years. All of a sudden, he gets traded to Kansas City. The plane lands, and Andy Reid immediately goes, he's 100% healthy. Yeah. So is it New York? Maybe it was just the cold in New York that, you know, he's <laughs> it's, um, water, you know? I, actually, I actually saw Tony tweet about that, and he said that he's been yeah. healthy all season. All season. But, but New York has been uh, opting not to play him and call him injured. So, so not I, sure I think after the there, end, but... 
after the issues in the clubhouse last year, they pretty much just slow played his injury, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing I can figure is there was something off the field and it just kind of lingered. Yeah. Brian Dayball came in this this year, and that wasn't, you know, he wasn't there for that, you know, off the field stuff last year. So I don't know if there was just some lingering in the offseason or whatever, but man, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. That's such a, a high-powered offense. Yeah. And uh I mean it doesn't. I mean, they've made MVS relevant at certain times. They've, you know, <laughs> Juju has been relevant. You know, hell, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was relevant for the first three games this year. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm excited to see what they're going to do. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with Tony over there. I agree. I think it's has has the potential to be a really electric move. Really good buy low, high reward move for can them you, there. So. Can you imagine it if he goes into that building? Walks over to Isaiah Pacheco and goes, "Here's your Rolex. Give me the 10. <laughs> You're like, right. He's wearing ten. <laughs> right. But, but yeah, the door is so, fully uh, open for a wide receiver, consistent wide yes. receiver one. So who knows who's going to step up? So right. Every week there, it's been you know someone else besides Kelsey, obviously. But you know there hasn't been just Juju consistent or MVS consistent or anything like that. So door is open there for him to take over that wide receiver one role. And I guarantee uh, Andy Ray would like some consistency. Yeah. Period. Yeah, so. for sure. <laughs> from anybody, from anybody other than Kelsey and, and Patrick Mahomes. Right. So, um, Jay, I'm going to go ahead and ask you this one then. Um, what do you think about the Hawkinson trade to the Vikings? Uh, I think the, the okay, the, for the Vikings side of things, I think the person that hurts, in my opinion, is going to be Adam Thielen. Right. And when I say hurt, it's just going to take some of his red zone targets away. Um, the the Jefferson, it, it ain't going to touch Jefferson. Jefferson is going to get his, you know, he is going to be what he is going to be. And I'm not saying that, that it's going to hurt Thielen in a bad way. It could help Thielen in the sense of Thielen's only going to, you know, he's going to be more um, advantageous to get the seven-yard outs and turn them into 40-yard runs because of the coverage is going to be rolled over. Um, the, the other person I think it's going to help more than anybody is going to be Kirk Cousins. Right. Cousins, you know, we've seen Kirk Cousins be that consistent. You know, he's, he's a QB one back end QB one high end QB two, you know, consistently. And he, and he just does it quietly, you know, but I think now he can maybe move up to that mid tier, you know, that seven, eight, maybe nine, six, seven, eight, somewhere in that range for that QB one with the multiple targets. Um, as far as Detroit goes, I've been on, I've been on record saying this is going to help Amon Ross St. Brown. If you look back at last year, when, when you had Swift injured, you had, you know, Hawkinson injured for certain periods of time there. That's when, that's when Amon Ross blew up, you know? So I think that it's, it's going to help him, you know, we'll see what's going to happen with, uh, with, um, uh, Williams when he gets on the field, if that's going to, if that's going to really, you know, eat into Amon Ross targets or anything. Um, but I think it's going to help Swift as well. You know, it's going to help Swift with on the on the uh, the under routes and that sort of thing, like the angle routes that he ran last week for the touchdown. You know, so it's I think it's a win. That's another one of those win-win trades. You know, although I I don't see how they didn't have to give up a you know, dude, he was a first round pick, <laughs> and they gave up. You know, they really didn't give up very much for him. So. But it's an inner division too, and that that's kind of I guess Detroit just wanted to you know watch him at least let, let their fans watch him once a year. It kind of you know I think says a little bit about what they think about him. You know that they're willing to trade him inside of the division here. 
Um, you know, that, you know, they just don't see him as that guy, which, I mean, he's been pretty solid. I don't know if he's lived up to the eighth overall pick um, in the draft, but he's been solid. Pull up Dan's. I want to be, I want to see this a little bit better. Pull up Dan's uh, comment right here. He's Hawkinson, Hawkinson about 11 million over the next year and a half. Uh, if they were to chase a free agent tight end, look at the guys who were either be their cut expiring. That's a huge. Okay. Yeah. I see what he's saying there. I, and I agree with that. I mean, you're looking what Irv Smith just went on the IR. So you're going to sit here and who, who are the tight ends? I mean, we're, we're all playing this in fantasy. They're doing it in the, in, in real life football too. Who's the tight ends that can, that, that are going to be available that are, you know, going to produce what hot can produce. Right. So, no, I mean, I yeah, okay. I see what he's saying there. So, yeah, big win for, for Minnesota in the sense of they didn't have to give up shit for him. And they right. got, uh, they've got a top five, top six tight end on a – at least in fantasy-wise, he's a top six tight end. Tight end, I think in, in real life NFL, he's a damn good tight end. You know, he blocks yeah. very well. He can receive the ball. He can run routes. You know, his only his only downside right now is, you know, he's he was playing on Detroit. They didn't uh, – you know – they didn't win games. Right. And that's, you know, that's, I mean, he came out, you know, of Iowa with, you know, pretty high grades, you know, just a well-rounded tight end, which I think he's shown here in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's a huge for him. I mean, that offense going forward, I think he's like 25. Um, you got Justin Jefferson, 24, 25. They got some good building blocks there for whenever, you know, I know next year Cousins is under contract with the fully guaranteed contract still, but pretty soon they are going to have to be pulling that trigger getting a quarterback. So he's already got some really reliable weapons that are going to be there for the long term, seemingly now. Um, so, yeah. And then we got a comment here from Jamie and it says, Irv Smith was a top eight tight end and red zone targets, which I can see Hawkinson having more, mm -hmm. uh, which I would agree with that as well. I mean, Irv Smith, you know, for all the truthers out there, I think it's just, you know, it's not going to happen. You know, I mean, he has potential still. I mean, he has had terrible, terrible injury luck in, in his career here in the NFL. But I mean, this is clearly an upgrade. So whatever Irv Smith was getting, he's going to get and then some. So uh, really like this move for them. I do like it even better for Hawkinson, too, in Dynasty. I mean, I think it moves him up, you know, the Dynasty board a little bit. The spot or two, he was already pretty high, top five tight end or so. Uh, but you could justify moving him over guys like Waller, especially if you still had him above him. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, it's a great move. Uh, Brian, do you have any thoughts on the, uh, on the Hawkinson trade here? Yeah, I thought that was a really key statement that was just made about Irv Smith. Irv Smith's out from what I understand as much as eight weeks. And right now, if I had to be asked who I see potentially winning the NFC, I don't know that there, I mean, it'd be nice if the Vikings defense was a little more consistent. But in all fairness, they've got a shot to get to the Super Bowl, and I don't I don't blame them for for picking up Hawkinson. I think it's a, it's a good trade. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, they're sitting six and one right now. You know, they're running away with the division. You know, the Packers, Bears, um, they're all three and four. Not looking too likely. Like, I mean, the NFC is a wasteland in general. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're definitely running away with it. They're one of the top seeds right now. So you know, a lot of the teams that we thought, the Rams, the Bucks. Sorry, Jay. Yeah. Um, have, have, not been, have not been doing as good as what we had imagined, you know? So, I mean, right now it's theirs to lose. That's for sure. I would say in the NFC. Yeah. They're um, six and one of their one losses against the Eagles who were undefeated. 
and we'll stay right. under city probably tonight. I mean, you know, um, I know Bam was in the chat a minute ago saying saying that this is a trap game for the Eagles tonight. And it, it very well could be. It very well could be a trap game. But we'll see. Um, I, I, I did see this comment, too. And I do like I, I like Dan's thought right here where he's talking about, you know, going and getting, uh, you know, having to pay him. Well, you don't have to pay him again. You know, Hawk, what, Hawk's under contract for two more years. Is that right? So, you know, they don't have to cross that bridge, you know, for two years. They can disperse the money, and by then, hell, I mean it'll be a billion dollar cap hit, you know, a billion dollar, you know, <laughs> salary cap by then. So they'll be able to do whatever they want. Um, but yeah, so I, 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 I like this right here where Dan's talking about this salary cap as well. Yeah, definitely a good point there. You know, just especially getting that comp pick, um, you know, which the Lions, you know, obviously I think they had higher aspirations than what has transpired so far this year. Um, only having one win on the season, you would think, just with as electric as their offense has been, they probably would have been a little better. So they probably just realized, you know, we're not going anywhere. Still have a lot of work to do. Let's, you know, let's make some moves here, get what we can, and keep this rebuild going that's been happening for a decade or whatever it's been. But – or not a decade, a century probably. But, uh, yeah, so I think that's pretty much – I mean, there were some other little offensive moves. I mean, we got a lot of defensive players that were on the move. Um, Bradley Chubb went to the went to the uh, Miami Dolphins. Um, in return, they sent back um, Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds and some picks. Um, personally, I'm of the thinking that Chase Edmonds is not going to make a lot of difference there. Um, they already don't. They already have four running backs there. None of them are really doing much. And just to be quite frank, I've never been a Chase Edmonds guy. And everywhere he's gone, he's never done anything. So. You know, there's always been this hype about him that he's going to have all this opportunity, especially this offseason, signing with the Dolphins. People thought it was going to be his job, which, you know, it seemed to be like it was going to be his job. But I just – I don't think there's a lot there. I'm curious, uh, Jay, what your thoughts are on uh, Chase Edmonds there. Do you, th- do you think there's any value here at all, stock up, stock down, anything like that for him? You know, we, we, and we were going to do – you were going to do stock up, stock down later. And mm-hmm. I, had, I had him as my stock down uh, – and he's and he's still a stock down for me, but there's there's actually another guy after the trade deadline that that I'll talk about later that is even more of a stock down now. But yeah, Chase Edmonds, man, and I like the guy. I thought he, you know, he performed when he was in Arizona when he when, you know when he had to. That's why he got the deal he got going to Miami, in my opinion. So I don't, I just don't know if he just didn't fit. If Moster just was that much better. I mean, I, I thought he was doing okay in Miami. He had, what, two games there where he was the dominant back, and then Mosher was like, ah, let me show you how this is done, son, and just <laughs> started playing. And But, you know, Mosher's that that player that is going to, you know, eventually, I don't wish injury on anybody, but eventually he is going to get injured, and that's why they went and picked up Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson can walk in the door today, play tomorrow, and know that offense. From, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what Mike McDaniel did last year so they all they know this offense i I think that's that was a perfect pickup for for uh, miami dolphins you know to get chubb dominant dominant defense alignment and then turn right around and and go i really thought they were going to have both chubbs or uh uh, chubb and uh hunt for a second there i really that that trade i really thought they were going to go try and get hunt and then yeah i guess it makes more sense to go and get to go get jeff wilson there but 
Oh well, I mean it's Miami, so they're gonna they're, you know they're gonna do their normal you know they, they'll they'll get into the playoffs and then they'll lose in the first round. <laughs> yeah, at least you know now we kind of have the full picture now of the trade that San Francisco made with the Dolphins for those three first round picks um, for Trey Lance. So you know they drafted they. Oh, go ahead. Did you see the tweet, John Lynch? John, you know it was it was a, it was a meme, I guess, but. It was on the on Twitter, and it was like John Lynch just called and said he wanted all of his first back for Trey Lance. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that, that one, and then I saw that the uh, what was the uh, draft day? It was a takeoff of the the whole yeah. draft. All my first round picks, and <laughs> <laughs> I saw uh, I saw a pretty good meme too. That was uh, the Seahawks are trying to get uh, Russell Wilson, <laughs> Russell Wilson, and trade for Geno Smith. Oh. I thought that was pretty good. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we have the kind of the full picture there. So, you know, they drafted Jalen Waddle uh, with one of those first round picks. They packaged another one for Tyreek Hill, and then they just packaged this one as well for Bradley Chubb. So, you know, basically it comes down to Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Bradley Chubb for Trey Lance. So Trey Lance better be a Hall of Famer. That's all I got to say when that's the type of return you're getting oh, on those three draft picks. He's not a Hall of Famer? <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, I mean. He should have walked into the league with a gold jacket. What are you talking hey, about? man, I know, man. That's So, you know, that's going to be interesting to see how that trade pans out. You know, I love seeing those after the fact when you trade off pieces like that, see what ends up happening. Lord knows they were hanging our heads over that on the Chicago Bears when we traded up to get Trubisky and the 49ers were selecting all these other studs. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see there. So I'm not too sure if there's really a whole lot of more fantasy impact trades. Um yeah, that we oh, can really discuss here. There's one. Oh, go ahead. Who am I missing? Oh, yeah. We talked about that last week while you oh, were on the beat. I didn't right? get to talk about that. Good. All right, let's get, let's let's get your opinion on the trade. He, I mean, this dude just shows up and says, I don't need I don't need Jimmy Garoppolo. All I need is myself, the offensive line, and Brandon Ayuk, and we'll win this game. I'll get three touchdowns and I'll score them in three different ways. I don't need you, Jimmy G. Right. First first player since 2005 to do a rushing, receiving, and a passing touchdown. Do you know who that player was? Damian Tomlinson. Oh, that's right. I did know that. I, I didn't know that until I saw the stat the other day, but I did know that. Damian yeah. Tomlinson, when he went, and I want to say he was he was with the Chargers at the time. So, yeah. Yeah. That that was, I just, I mean, I think he just, you know, with, with the troubles that Jonathan Taylor's had, you know, with the injuries and all this year, I think that just boosted him no matter – I mean, CMC's RB1 now. Oh, and yeah. Here's the thing that I think that a lot of people don't look at, too, is San Francisco's offensive line is a million times better than what they had in Carolina. And we talked about multiple times, multiple analysts have talked about CMC injury-prone, injury-prone, CMC's injury-prone. Maybe he's not injury-prone. Maybe it was just a bad offensive line. Right. We'll see what he's going to do over the next eight weeks or so, nine weeks of the regular season. Dude, this could this could be the perfect fit. And it doesn't matter who the quarterback is anymore. Right. You know, so I, I think with that offensive line, I think CMC is going to to the moon. Yeah, this uh, this offense is pretty dang scary. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's it's, pick your poison. Who are you going to cover? You know, I mean, it's uh, – you know, it made a lot of sense. That division is uh, pretty weak at the moment. You know, I think the Seahawks are leading that division, which, I mean, 
they're playing great, but I don't know if, you know, other teams are really thinking of them as that big of a threat. Clearly the 49ers thought they could go all in, uh, get CMC and make a push for it. The Rams have been down. So Cardinals have not been great. That uh, Hard Knocks, I think, kicks off next week for the end season. It's going to be interesting to see how that goes because I can't imagine it's there's a lot of happy happiness going on inside the Cardinals locker room here lately. D-Hop has looked great, though. He has. I was, I'll be the first to admit I've been wrong on Hopkins so far. Um, based <laughs> off of his uh, – Based off his usage last year, you know, he was a pretty big sell high for me this past offseason. Um, and, yeah, he's kind of making me eat my words here. You know, I thought with Hollywood coming in, which we haven't seen them on the field at the same time yet, but with him coming in and just, you know, his overall down and down in usage, I really thought that his, you know, he was at the start of the decline, you know, and he has shown anything but he looks great out there. So, John, just put in the chat, and I, I think this is funny, by the way. Because, you know, he wore 23. CMC wore 23 last week. Does he change back to 22 this week? See, I'm kind of wondering. A lot of times when people do that, they don't change anything. You know what I mean? Because usually they already. Superstitious and all. Well, that and then, like, I think there's rules, too. Like, when you choose a number, like, if they start making jerseys, you got to, like, pay so much of it if you want to change your number. Something like that. So, I mean, he's got money. I was gonna say, <laughs> so, who's, whose pocket does it come, come out of? Is it come out of John Lynch's? Does it come out of Shan's? Does it come out of? Right. I mean, they all they split the bill three ways. It's like, a, is this like a steak dinner? Well, I mean, this is what the jersey <laughs> you have to pay. Yeah, that's actually pretty funny. I never thought about that. So that's actually pretty good. Um, all right, so you know, I, like I said, I think we kind of hit on all of our uh, all of our meaningful trades as far as dynasty goes. Um, like I said, there's a lot of defensive players that were still traded, but unless you're playing IDP, we're probably not going to spend too much time on that. We still have a lot of injury news to get to. Um, this week has been riddled with injuries. Right before we came on, Michael Thomas been ruled out for the season, um, being placed on IR. Um, Daryl Williams also being placed on IR. Um, right before uh, Rashad Bateman placed on IR. Um, he's done for the season as well. Um so those guys are at least on IR. They're out for quite a while. Uh, Michael Thomas, man, talk about a fall from grace from when he set that record with 149 catches a few years ago. I think he's played like six games since that in the last three years. It's just been pretty crazy. And I was a pretty big Bateman truther uh, this whole offseason. So that news hurts me personally. Really had high hopes for him this year. And he started off electric in the first couple of games with some big catches, but – Looks like his season's done. So just between those three, Michael Thomas, Darrell Williams, Rashad Bateman, uh, Brian, what's your thoughts on some of these players as far as the dynasty aspect? Well, definitely the big, the big loss is Rashad Bateman. Um, to me, Devin DuVernay all of a sudden becomes the wide receiver there in Baltimore. He had, he had a nice game last week, and he's an up-and-coming guy, so I like him. Michael Thomas scored – I believe he scored back-to-back -back weeks, weeks one and two, and basically he's been out ever since either week three or week four. So, you know, I know he got placed on IR today, but it basically could have been placed on IR in about week three. Yeah. So I did, I did notice Jarvis Landry is practicing today, so that he adds back to the Olavi factor. But Olavi's the man, obviously, moving forward there in New Orleans, no matter what. So... That's the big name to remember. But like I said, in Baltimore, it's Devin DuVernay to me. 
Jay, what's your thoughts on some of these guys? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, you almost, I mean, I guess at this point for Michael Thomas, you almost just cut him. I mean, I think that's what's going to happen this offseason. I don't, I mean, you've got no, nothing out of him. No, I'm talking about as a, as a fantasy owner. Oh, you yeah. Know, he's just in dynasty, though. I mean, dude, it's been four, it's almost been, it's been three full years, honestly. Yeah, no, I get it. I just four years and he's yeah. just on your bench. You're not able to do anything with him because. Okay, you could put put him on the IR. He's still clogging a, a spot. You know what I mean? Right. He's dude is phenomenal when he's on the field. But you want to talk about Boomer Bust? Uh, Kadarius Tony, same person. <laughs> they are the yeah. same person. At least Kadarius Tony's on the field. Or well, wants, maybe. Wants, wants to be. <laughs> he wants to be on the field. You know, it, it doesn't seem like he Michael Thomas wants to play right now. And I and I hate that because I think he's a damn good talent. But for whatever reason, he doesn't want to play. So we got a comment here from uh, John Thiessen on YouTube. It says, with Bateman out, do we see more of a two-tight end set with Isaiah Likely stud emerging? So, Oh, I'll yeah, I, I think yeah. so. Now, one thing to keep in mind about Andrews, they're going into a bye on week 10. They play Monday night, and he uh, missed practice today. Yeah. So it's very possible heading into the bye and being a being a team that's in the playoff race, they may sit him this week, and likely may get his snap, get his snaps this week already. But yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. Besides Duvernay, who else you're going to throw to besides the two tight ends? So yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, I would think they're probably going to do more of a two tight end set. I mean, it's kind of opened the door with the injuries that Andrews has had here lately for Isaiah Likely to actually kind of showcase some more of what he can do on the NFL level. And it looks like he hasn't disappointed. I mean, he's got, you know, toe drags, everything like that. He had a crazy touchdown catch this past week. Uh, so he looks like a stud going forward for a fourth-round pick. Looks very good. The Ravens just know how to draft guys, man. Um, but, yeah, Jay, so what's your opinion on this? Yeah, Ozzie, Ozzie Newsom passed on the draft. You know, he, he found people that could – that he he was so smart in the draft, he found people to, to follow his mentality of, of drafting. And that was that's phenomenal. I'm surprised that they haven't already done this with those. Yeah. You know, to be quite honest, I said this in the offseason, and it may have been it may have been with you, Devin. I'm surprised that they wouldn't be in a in a 21, even a 22 personnel. You yeah. know, with well, I mean, I guess you're always in a 12 personnel with with uh you know with uh uh Oh, what's his golly, the quarterback. I can't even think of his name gum name now. Uh Lamar Jackson. Always you're always with two running backs. And I think you know because <laughs> Lamar is a running back too. But so you, you I'm surprised they haven't already done it. And I guess I'm surprised they haven't done it, but I'll be even more surprised if they don't start doing it. Yeah. With those two, even if you have Andrews on the field as a decoy because he's a little nicked, you know, maybe he's more of a blocker and let Isaiah you know, go out, but man, I, I, I would be, that was a great point. And I think, I think that's going to happen a lot more to bring, you know, going back into that, to that 1960s, 1970s style of football, that smash mouth where even you still have, you still have the, the passing game, but you got a running, you know, a running back playing quarterback. Right. I did want to make one comment on, on Jay's comment a minute ago about Michael Thomas and, and him being potential waiver fodder. The only only 
thing I would slightly disagree with, and I, I agree with a lot of that comment, is in Sleeper, it seems like you got 25-person benches and 12-team, 14-team leagues. I've seen some players that really don't even exist on people's rosters because, in all honesty, there's nothing on the waiver wire. So in a league like that, I can't encourage you to completely drop him, but he's definitely somebody that I'm not sure what his future looks like. Yeah, so John in the chat right here, you know, he's in one of my leagues and in, in the league that we are in together, we are, we, we have roster limits, you know, so we can only have so many quarterbacks, so many wide receivers, so many running backs, that kind of thing. Right. And, and you know, we, we got a pretty good, uh, pretty good size taxi squad with, you know, uh, and it's two years on the taxi squad now. So but we, you know, we set the league up or, you know, they set the league up so it would be where you had waivers. Right. And so you, it really does constrain you to actually pay attention on a weekly basis, you know, on who's there. But so in a deep league, absolutely hold on to him. You know, you can, there's people in my, in some of my deep leagues that aren't even in on an NFL team right now. Yeah, exactly. You know, Thomas is on a team, I guess, but well, I, yeah, I was, I was more saying that towards, you know, if you're constrained, you know, with these bye weeks, you need players that are actually going to be on the field. And yeah. Michael Thomas is evidently not going to be on the field anytime soon. And he hasn't been been there in the past for the, you know, whatever, the last three, four weeks he's not been on there. That's what I'm, that's where I was going with that. But, I, you know, I agree. If you got a deep bench, put him down there. Cause I mean, if he, if he comes back in four weeks and goes, you know, throws up 35 points, then turn around and sell his ass. So he's not but in redraft, you should go ahead and drop him. Well, yeah, oh, redraft, he's completely droppable. But, you know, Dynasty, put him on the trade block. See what you can get for him. Just be done with that situation. I don't think you want to be a part of that anymore. Um, well, let me ask you this. Would you take a fifth, a fourth-round pick? No. I wouldn't. Would you pay No, I'd, I'd hold on to Tom. I'd pay, I'd pay a fourth-round pick all day long, but I wouldn't sell him for that. Yeah. That's um. Fair. All right, well, before we get into uh, the actual last little bits of the game here, um, Underdog Fantasy, promo code GF2, get a deposit match up to $100. Uh, that's an Underdog Fantasy. You go over there, use the code GF2, get yourself a free match, uh, and win some money. So thanks for uh, sponsoring this, Underdog Fantasy. We appreciate that. And, uh, you know, we have a question here pertaining to the game which we've all kind of hit it on that. We can just recover that real quick here. Um, which Texan receiver do you see emerging as the winner, if any, tonight? Um, like I said, I think most of the same – I'm high on um, Brevin Jordan being the receiver. I mean, if you're talking actual wide receiver, probably talking Philip Dorsett just, you know, out of opportunity. But as far as pass catcher goes, I want to put my money on Brevin Jordan. Um, I'll go ahead and kick it around, Jake. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I... – I'm with you, I guess, on those. I just don't see this. They're going to have to throw the ball. I don't know who, where they're going to throw the ball. I mean, it could be Damian Pierce tonight, to be all, you know, quite honest. True. It could be Big Damian Burkhead Pierce. game. Yeah, it could be It could be all Burkhead and, and Pierce all night. So, I, you know, to be quite honest, I don't know. I, I do like the Brevin Jordan pick just because, like I said earlier, Philly's D is so good on the outsides, and they're susceptible, right. susceptible to that to – that, uh, to that seam route with a tight end. And it seems like it's finally getting to where, you know, uh, uh, Davis Mills and Brevin Jordan are starting to do a little connection. I mean, hell, they could run two tight end tonight with OJ Howard. And right. 
you know, you can get Brevin Jordan go for, you know, go for 65, 70 yards and OJ Howard go for three with two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, this offense is so bad. So bad. Yeah. Big OJ Howard game tonight. That'd be about right. <laughs> so, all right. Well, like I said, we got, uh, we got stock up, stock down. Um, so hopefully Brian will be back. Um, I know he's had some little bit of issues with connection here tonight, so I'm just going to go ahead and kick it over to you, Brian or Jay. Sorry. Uh, well, who was your uh, stock up for this week? So I made the show sheet this week, and I, I really wanted to make it to where it wasn't cheating. So I put as for you know low hanging fruit, I put Pollard. So that was basically he was off off the books. Nobody right. could grab a hold of him. <laughs> um, but my stock up this week is going to be Robert Tunyon. Uh, and this is going to sound a little bit weird, but, you know, going, going off of the, uh, you know, come, just coming off of the, uh, the trade deadline. But, you know, we've all been looking for tight ends. And you can go to goingfor2.com right now, and you look at the, the week nine waiver wire. And this is basically the exact same thing that I put into the, the waiver wire uh, this week. So go check that out. Um, we do it every week. So, uh, but, yeah, you, you know, he's, he's somebody that is a top, uh, he's a he's a he's a tight end one. So no matter what format you're in, uh, he's a tight end one. He's only fifty three percent owned in sleeper, which is absolutely asinine to me when everybody's looking for tight ends. Um, you know, so with the injury to Watson, Cobb on the IR, Lazard's probably going to miss another week. You know, yeah, you got Aaron Jones and you've got you know AJ Dillon, but that's not pushing the ball down the field. And I think you know Robert Tunyon can start doing that. He's done it for the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, so as a wide receiver, tight end, whatever, give me, give me Robert Tunyon stock up right now. Yeah. I think that's pretty solid. I agree with a lot of those takes there, especially, you know, I mean, he had a tight end or a touchdown robbed from him last week on a really bad op- offensive pass interference call. Um, so yeah, I yeah, think, you know, I mean, freaking horrible. What are we doing? Yeah. There's, was, there's been so that, many that, bad calls. That call was almost as bad as the, the, the uh, uh, the more taking his helmet off when he was out of the yeah, back. Yeah, right. I mean, you got to make the kick. I get it, but dude, come on, let the kids play for a minute. Jesus, God right. Almighty, that had nothing to do with the with the game. Nothing exactly. to do with the play. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> I completely agree. This, you know, refs changing outcomes of games. That's yeah, not a good look. Um, so for my uh, stock up, um, we've already talked about it. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time, then I'll kick it down to Brian. Um, Devin Duvernay, we've already talked about him pretty good tonight. Um, you know, Bateman's out, like we've said. Um, he's been seeing the field pretty consistently on the upper 60s and 70% of all the snaps. Um, I do expect that uh, to increase slightly. I'm not sure if he's going to be a 95 to, you know, 90% of the snaps on the field. But even a small uptick, 75%, maybe in the 80% range, um, just being used a little more. He's always a deep threat. He's gonna probably going to take over part of that role from Bateman being hurt. Uh, Bateman was a really good deep threat for them. So I could see him catching some long touchdowns here. Um, so he's my stock up for the week. Um, just, yeah, for those reasons. So uh, not going to really – Send it around to the group since we've already spent a decent amount of time on that. I think you, we've already made our point pretty clear on that one. So, uh, Brian, let's uh, let's get your stock up for the week. My stock up is actually one of Devin's guys, Justin Fields. <laughs> he's he's currently quarterback eleven on the season in sleeper, and over the last three weeks, 
he's averaged close to 80 yards rushing and scored two touchdowns over that span. So he's basically giving you a floor of about 10 to 12 points just from his rushing alone. And his passing, he's actually had four touchdowns, uh, 520 yards over those three weeks. So they're giving a little bit of increased volume. He's now, of course, got Darnell Mooney that's starting to come along with him. Claypool may or may not be this week, but maybe next week. So all of a sudden, Justin Fields is looking like the quarterback that the Bears drafted. So they got to be pretty excited about it. Yeah, he's actually been quarterback two in fantasy uh, over the last three weeks. So really been performing with really not passing that much, you know, which again shows you how valuable those rush yards are if you have a quarterback that can get those for you. Yeah, I was talking about this last night because, you know, you look at his look at his stats for the first uh, four games or so, and he was right around 16, 17 pass attempts, right? You look at the last two, the, the, the last four weeks, and he's over the 20 mark. And he's gone as high as 22, 23, 24, I think. It may be a little bit higher than that. But he's dropping back 40 times a game. He's only throwing at 27. The other times, he's taking off. Yep. He's allowing him Well, yeah. But they're allowing <laughs> him that seems to be his magical threshold for passing. is somewhere between that 20 to 23 mark. Anything, anything – that and above, he's going to have a really good week or has the opportunity to do so. And yeah. he did it in college. Yeah. He did it in college. I mean, you know, and in the Big Ten, which I'm an SEC guy, but in the Big the Big Ten is a damn good conference. Mm-hmm. They, they face good players. So, I mean, I think a lot of it, a lot of it is the offensive line, and I think they fixed that this offseason. Yeah, I mean, we got the money to spend. It's just going to depend on if there's any good free agents or anything like that for that. But I will say it has been encouraging in the last couple of weeks that doing it against Bill Belichick, who historically has, you know, his defense plays, uh, you know, young QBs very well. Um, so performing well against them. And then the Cowboys have been lights out this year on defense. So, you know, putting up, you know, back almost back-to-back 30-point games. I think we finished with 29 last week. But – Two top, two top seven defenses they just played. Yeah. In New England and, 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 and uh, Dallas. So, and they, and he performed. They right. didn't win, but he performed. So that's all that matters. That's all. That's and what you're looking for. You're looking for that, that he's going up, 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 up. So I think that's kind of what made the Claypool trade happen as well, because I think our GM finally had seen our quarterback take the turn yep. and start, you know, ascending to where they're like, all right, let's get him some help. Let's see what's going on. So, all right, Jay. What is your stock down this week? Uh, this is this is going to hurt some people's feelings. Um, and, and you know, it's kind of weird that I had Robert Tunyon as my stock up, and I'm going to have this dude as my stock down. But it's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, and it's not because of Aaron Rodgers; it's because of the Green Bay Packers right now. <laughs> to be quite honest, halfway through the season, his is his stat line. Halfway through the season, 182, uh, I'm sorry, 274 attempts, 182 receptions or completions, rather. 1,800 yards, 13 touchdowns, four interceptions, six fumbles. Three of them have been lost. And the Packers gave him no help at the, at the trade deadline. So when is the last time? So if you look at that, that's, that's eight games, so 16 games. He's looking at, what, uh, 20 just under 3,000 yards, right? When's the last time Aaron Rodgers had less than 3,000 yards? Right. Season. 
Not to mention. He only had it one time, and it was only because he only played six games because he was injured. To be quite honest. I never found the answer to this question either, but, you know, being a Bears fan, I'm a certified Packers hater. But when's the last time the Packers, not just Aaron Rodgers, but the Packers have lost three games in a row? I mean, I think you got to go back. Pretty, you might be going back to the 90s. I don't know if Favre ever did it. Um, but, yeah, it's just, you know, not a great look. I don't understand from the Packers' point of view how you pay Aaron Rodgers the money you paid him. He's in the twilight of his career how you're not going all in. You know, you're seeing lesser. You're seeing the Dolphins go all in. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't understand. I know that's not typically how they operate, but you're in a special situation here. You know, you got three years um, on his contract left. If he plays it all out, you know, what they're doing this year, he might not want to come back next year. It's just uh, it's pretty crazy, and I fully agree that he's a stock down. He's almost unstartable. You know, I mean, I'd be looking elsewhere. I have him actually in the redraft league, uh, two quarterback, and – I've been trying to look elsewhere. Like, I've almost debated on starting Heineke over him. That's how bad it is. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, so going back to the stats I just threw up at you, six fumbles, three lost. I'm just want to – I just – how many – Sorry, John. Hey, hey man, how- I never get to do this as a Bears fan. I have to fucking hate on him, and I have to do this whenever <laughs> I can. How many fumbles do you think Aaron Rodgers, if you can remember correctly, how many fumbles did Aaron Rodgers have last year? All year long. Yeah, maybe two or three. Three. Three total fumbles last year and lost zero. Mm-hmm. He's already doubled the, the amount of fumbles and lost. The, he's lost the amount that he that he fumbled last year. So, man, yeah, definitely a stock down for me. I, I In a redraft league, he, he's almost he's he's almost uh, unstartable. Yep, he's borderline droppable, you know. So, I mean, especially in redraft. You know, I mean, even in Dynasty, depending on what your team makeup is, I mean – you know, I don't know if you're losing much. You know what I mean? If you drop no. on Dynasty. And there's Kyle, another another Packer fan right there, telling you that he would start Heineke <laughs> over Rodgers. So, I mean, that, that just shows you how bad it is in Green Bay. I right. mean, I know he's in Canada and all, but he, at least in Green Bay it's bad too. So, yeah, I, you know, to be quite honest, I don't even know if with, with the thought process like you were just saying, don't – you know, he's got a three-year contract. We don't know if he's going to come back after this horrible crap yeah. that, that they're giving him. In a dynasty, you may want to look at shipping him now. Yeah. If you can get anything for him, I mean. Yeah, take what you can get. I don't even know what you can get for him right now. Okay. Again, would you take a fourth? Would you take a third? (laughs) I hope we hadn't dropped that far. Yeah. Super flex. But yeah, he's not going to, of course. He's not going to drop that far. Super flex. (laughs) But he's definitely, he's definitely the super flex. He's not your starting quarterback. Right. And Kyle backing me up here said that he has Heineke as his QB 10 to be fair for the week. The only reason I've been hesitating on it is because Rodgers has the Lions and Heineke has the Vikings. So it's like one more week. You know what I mean? Just give me something, Rodgers. That's the only reason I haven't pulled the trigger. Yeah, and that's going to be such a horrible feeling when the Lions defense actually shows up this week. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right? So, uh, Brian, what is your uh, stock down for the week? My stock down is uh, Jonathan Taylor. I, his yards per carry has been fine the last two weeks, but he's had 26 carries over that span. He tweaked an ankle last week. He missed practice yesterday and today. Hadn't scored since week one. And from memory, no, not from memory, from very good memory, 
he was the 1.01 in a lot of a lot of non superflex yeah. leagues. And I saw a, a redraft of, of like a midseason redraft last night. And I only watched the first 15 picks or so. And as in a redraft league, he wasn't even his name wasn't even selected in the top 15 players. So I think I think his values dropped more than anybody on the season. And now they got a quarterback change in Ellinger. And that ain't going to help either. So, yeah, especially Ellinger being pretty mobile compared, at least compared to Matt Ryan. You know, I mean, I'm not saying he's Lamar Jackson out there by any means, but he definitely will give you a little more than what anything you would ever get out of Matt Ryan. Yep. So, so Jonathan Taylor, one, one target, one target last week, right? But here's the crazier stat he has had zero. Top 20 finishes since week two. Six straight weeks of finishing 20 or further. That's not what you wanted from your from your 101, 102 pick in a, in a single quarterback. You know, let's just say a, a lot of my leagues I set I set my initial items on Tuesday. He's not touching my lineup until there's a bye week for somebody else in my on my team. Yeah, like you said, he, he, he didn't he didn't practice today or yesterday, so it's already not trending well. And I think I believe they have a bye coming up. I think week fourteen. So I mean, yeah, they, they got a bye late season. I mean, they did just make the trade. They got Zach Moss there, and that's I guess that's another one we didn't really hit on. They got to ship Naheem Hines out. Um, so you know, but that Deion Jackson stepped up a couple of weeks ago and looked pretty good. Yeah, Neon Deion, that's my man right there. Yeah, that's he looked pretty good. You know. I would be playing him in a flex over JT. That's sad to say. Yeah, it's what a crazy season that's been, man. For I'm him, just playing, I'm not playing him as my starting running back unless I absolutely have to. But, oh yeah. You know, at this point, it's like, man, do you can you even play JT? Because you can't trust that he's going to be on the field. I think he hit like three points last week on I think 40, 40 something percent of the snaps. Yeah. So it wasn't it? Was, he wasn't even on the field hardly. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and give my stock down here, which Jay stole my thunder a little bit on my stock down earlier when we started talking about the Hawkinson trade. So we don't got to spend too much time on this one since we already covered it. We still got prop bets and everything like that to get into tonight. Um, so mine is Adam Thielen um, for a lot of the same reasons that Jay already outlined earlier as well. Um, the Hawkinson trade, I think, really hurts his value. Um, again, similar to what Jay was saying, I don't think it's necessarily going to hurt him as far as you know, a lot of the target share, a lot of the snap percentage, stuff like that. But, you know, I think t uh, touchdowns, you know, he's going to be a little more versatile than Irv Smith was. Um, I think he's definitely, you know, an uptick in his usage there. Um, so Adam, I think, is kind of falling down the totem pole with this trade. You know, I mean, Jefferson's obviously going to eat. Um, you got Dalvin Cook still catching passes out of the backfield. Um, and now with Hawkinson there, I think Hawkinson kind of usurps his role. Um as the second wide receiver or second pass catching option um, if you don't include Dalvin Cook there. So uh, like I said, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on that one. We got some other things we got to get to here before kickoff. So that's my stock down for the week. Uh, yeah. The only thing I'll, the only thing I'll say to that is, you know, I didn't even think about this until you just said that KJ Osborne, mm -hmm. you know, that, that might be somebody else that is just, you know, little, little stock down because yeah, he's for sure. wide receiver. So, you know, so maybe a little stock down there as well. Yeah. All right. So before we get into our parlays, let's just go ahead and give a quick uh, score prediction for tonight. 
looks like uh, we both think it's going to be – or all three of us think it's going to be pretty rough for the Texans here. So, uh, Brian, what's your score for tonight? 35-10 Texans. No, 35-10 Eagles. <laughs> I was, Man, I was, you said Texans. I'm like, that's not what's written down. But, hey, that's a hell of a change, you know. Man, we were all saying this and that. If Houston, for some miracle, is able to beat the undefeated Eagles tonight, I might just give up any kind of analysis on the NFL for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we all will. <laughs> all right, Jason, uh, what's your uh, prediction here for tonight? I got Philly by a million by halftime. <laughs> I got I, I got 41-10, 41-10 Philly. And that's going to be – I truly think that's going to be a lot of garbage time touchdowns, and it's going to be a lot of second-string touchdowns um, in, in that fourth quarter. Right. I'm uh... – my score for tonight is 40 to nil, zero. They are not putting <laughs> points up on the board tonight. That's right. Getting skunked like the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a great game for them. I mean, I just – even like you said, I think Jay just said, you know, garbage time they might get some of the points of what he was predicting. Um, just going to be a very rough game for them tonight. Um, I'm actually starting um, the Eagles' defense – as my showtime player in DraftKings tonight in the showdown um, as like the one that gets the extra points. So that's how much confidence I have in the Eagles defense tonight. So they're an elite usage for tonight if you have them. Um, so yeah, that's our scores for this week. And now let's get into some parlays. So Brian, hit us with some of your favorite parlays for this game. I'm going to start on the Texan side of the ball just because. So I'm okay with going Damian Pierce over over his rushing total, which from memory I think was 65 and a half, I think. I'm okay with that. And as a little sneaky sneaky pick, I'm going to go Brevin Jordan over two and a half catches. That's, so those, I, those, are yeah. my, um, those are my Houston side. And in regards to the Eagles side, I'm going under the yardage total for Jalen Hurts because I think it'll just be more of a rushing game. So that was 232 and a half. And this is going to sound weird, but I'm going under the rushing total for Miles Sanders, which is 77 and a half, because I think they'll get more from Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell if the game gets away from the second half. So those are my picks. Yeah, I like those. And real quick before I kick it over to Jay, Kyle says, if the Texans win, I'm doing the opposite of my take. Uh, he says, I will be taking as many hot takes as possible because literally anything can happen if they are able to win this game. So I hear you, Kyle. I will just be too broken of a man to ever even form a thought. So that's why I can't do it. So, um, Jay, what's some of your favorite parlays for this game? Yeah, so unfortunately, I looked at this uh, these numbers. I think it was two. Tuesday and uh on Tuesday the the spread was like 13 it is the, the line has moved to 14 now the over under was 44 and now that is at 45 so there's been a put on to uh under Philly um so I, I went through a couple different sites uh looking at some of their props and all that so underdog had Pierce at 81 and a half rushing and receiving I'd be taking the under on that for sure. Um, you know, just as a combined. Um, so on FanDuel, uh, AJB 
anytime touchdown is a plus 110. And then taking Philly at at that point at uh, giving 13. So I'd be taking that for sure on both of those. Uh, price picks was looking at Jalen Hurts 240 and a half. I would be taking the over on that. Um, because I think the first half is going to be uh, a good bit of passing. Um, I think with uh, I think there might be two or three 60-plus yard touchdowns or 60-yard pass plays uh, for AJB. I mean, for uh, Jalen Hurts there. Uh, Pierce, looking at the 60 and a half rushing by itself. I put over on here, but the more I think about it, I think I'd be leaning to the under. Um, and that might be one I wouldn't even play anymore at 60 and a half. Uh, and then the, 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 the smash for me tonight was Davis Mills uh, passing 210 and a half. I'm taking the under for sure on that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I agree with all these. That's uh, pretty solid. This is going to be rough for the Texans, man. <laughs> this is going to be a long night. That's just going to be real bad. That's, uh, and now, now we watch Davis Mills go for like 315, three touchdowns. Pierce is going right. to catch two of them. Over, he's going to smash the over with like 100 yards rushing, you know, 73 yards receiving or some BS like this. Philly's gonna lose by like thirty-one. <laughs> okay, where are you on? Where are you on AJ Brown? He's he's at sixty-seven and a half and four and a half catches. He could do sixty-seven and a half uh, on one catch reception. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'd take the over. I'm taking. I would on. So I see your line on there with AJB over uh, seventy. Uh, I'm sorry, sixty-seven and a half in yards and four and a half catches. I I would be over on both as well. I think I'd be over on the Brevin Jordan at two and a half. Uh, like I said, I, I I had over on on Pierce at 60 and a half yards. I'm leaning the under, but hell, I might go over on 60 and a half just to beat your 65 and a half. <laughs> you know, I can get 61 yards and, and win both of them. So <laughs> um, the Hurts one for me is I, I don't understand. I guess I do when, you, when I look at it. Uh, but I still think he's over two two forty. I I still think he's over two forty passing, and you have him as uh, two thirty two. And he's over hundred in the first quarter. <laughs> oh, he's over hundred in the first. He's he might be over hundred on the first play. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and well, before we get out of here, it looks like we got about four minutes to kick off. Uh, just hitting on what Kyle said here, I thought it was pretty good. He said he loved chaos. Go Texans! So especially now that Easter B is out of here, like Jesus from his tomb. Instead of three years, <laughs> and it was three years instead of three days later. But yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, so yeah, thanks everyone for your comments this week. Really appreciate it, Jay. It was great having you back onto the gambit as well. Um, I'm sure you probably would rather still be in Turks and Caicos than here on the gambit. But you know, the only thing I wish is honestly is I wish I had I was in Turks and Caicos for sure. And Dan, just to answer your question from earlier. Turks and Caicos are the same spot. There is not a Turks or Caicos. It's Turks and Caicos. I, I used to I used to have a but joke I, about that where you know how people are like got a bike and a backup mic. I was like, I got Turks and I got Caicos. <laughs> I wish I was there with with better internet because they don't have uh, they they don't have the greatest internet down there. Of course, you know. Yeah. So that's that's mm, it's kind of in there. I I, I try to. Jump Jump on my Wednesday night show, and I popped in on the background. And as soon as Chase went to put me in, I think I dropped. <laughs> it was just like whatever. I'm not even going to try. 
<laughs> we got Kyle here saying he doesn't even know how to say it. So, <laughs> Erickson so, Kekos. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. He did have a problem saying it the other night. <laughs> he says, great show, guys. This Power Trio rocks. Thank you, sir. Really appreciate all the kind comments. Nice being back to the three-man band. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and kick it around, just let everyone know kind of what's going on, where they can find you at, all that type of good stuff. So, Brian, I'll throw it down to you first. Well, you can find all my content at uh, Vandegrad92. Um, I've been doing the waiver wire article that we've got coming out on Monday night here at Going for Two. And also I'm part of the For Frequency Network, um, For Frequency Sake Network. We've got a podcast dropping tomorrow night, DFS Deep Dive. And then I've got a main, main show podcast dropping on Sunday. It'll be a lot, live podcast from 10 to 11.30. So either here going for two or for frequency's sake, I'm pretty busy, but always check my content at Vandegrad92. And thanks again for joining in. Yeah, thank you. And thanks to John. It says, great show, boys. So I appreciate that as well. And uh, Jay, let's kick it up to you. Hey, quick, is that is, is that Sunday? Was that in the morning? In the morning? DFS is at night. It's at seven o'clock on Friday night, uh -oh. but it's available on Twitter the next, uh, right immediately following. Well, looks like. Oh, sorry. It looked like you were frozen there a little bit, Jay. Not sure if you said anything or not, but yeah. No, my computer just froze up. Am I good right now? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you look all right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if my computer just rose there for a second. Man, you can find me right here on, on Thursday night's pregame uh, uh, with the Gambit. And then uh, find me over there on Twitter at FantasyJ77. You can find me Wednesday nights with the uh, Fantasy at uh, 8 o'clock over there with the Chase and Jacob and Shane Manila. And, uh, man, I'm part of the waiver wire uh, stuff as well. So, hey. Hit me up over there. You can find us in the Discord. It's free. The Discord is free. Let's go. Come on. Yeah, before we get out of here, it looks like John's making fun of your internet connection there. So <laughs> <laughs> it says worse than Turks and Caicos. I'm not, I'm not surprised. He's probably already hit me up on, on, on the league chat as well. You know, <laughs> all right. And yeah, you guys can find me here every Thursday night. Obviously, you can find me on Twitter at Devin Deal. Um, any trade questions, anything like that, always happy to help. Go over to Going for Two. Uh, check out all the great shows we got on the Going for Two live network on YouTube. We have weekly shows, so make sure you're checking all those out if you're not already. Um, and with that being said, thank you for joining the Dynasty Gambit. We will see you all next week.